Welcome to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. My name is Frank. I'm the host of the show. And thank you for joining me. This is a movie podcast where I discuss and review movies new and old. And if you followed uh, movie news this week, you understand that the uh, Academy Awards nominations were announced this week. And I'm going to be reviewing one of the Oscar-nominated films for Best Picture, uh, Nightmare Alley, directed by Guillermo del Toro. But before we get into the review, let's get some uh, house cleaning out of the way. Um, this is the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. Again, this is a movie podcast where I discuss and review movies new and old. I am Frank, the host of the show. If you are listening on a podcasting app, the show is available on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, Amazon Music, and Podbean. So if you listen on one of those apps, uh, it's available there. Uh, also, wherever you get your podcasts, I know it's unofficially available on other podcasting um, apps, so uh, feel free to look there. You can also download episodes at your leisure. Every episode of this podcast is available on the website. I encourage you to check the website out. The website is letmebendyourear.com. Again, all the episodes are available there. And uh, the last few episodes, I've started uploading the video version of this podcast. So uh, you can catch it if you like the video format better. The following channels uh, showing this show is going to be on the YouTube channel. That is Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. The Facebook page, which is under Let Me Bend Your Ear. The Twitter page for the podcast is at Bend Your Ear Pod. So you can watch the show on any one of those uh, applications uh, at your leisure. Uh, I would ask if you don't mind, if you don't mind uh, subscribing to the YouTube channel and liking the Facebook page and also following on Twitter, I'd appreciate that. Uh, as this is an independent podcast, that's the biggest way I can uh, grow the show and get more fans to engage. And also, if you do see my posts, especially on Twitter, on, on, on any of the shows that I broadcast, if you can retweet and share those, that's another great way to help the show. If you do listen to this podcast on a podcasting app, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to it, if you can rate and review the show, that's also extremely helpful. If you can give it a five-star review, that'd be great or recommend it to friends. The reason that you'll hear a lot of podcasters, big and small, ask for that favor is the more ratings and reviews a podcast receives on a particular application. When people are seeking out new movie podcasts, the more ratings and reviews are present there, the higher the show is elevated in search results. So if you could do that, I would really appreciate it. Uh, again, I am a small independent podcaster, so obviously word of mouth and ratings and reviews are the biggest way uh, that I can help grow the show. So again, uh, welcome to the show. I hope you enjoy uh, this review tonight. Uh, check out my latest episode before this one today. I've got uh, up there The Tragedy of Macbeth, uh, the latest uh, film directed by Joel Cohen, starring Denzel Washington, Francis McDermott. Uh, very, very good film. Check out my review. That's on the episode right before this one. So let me get into my review of Nightmare Alley. So Nightmare Alley is uh, co-written and directed by Guillermo del Toro. Now, he's been around for quite a long time. He's directed films for a probably over 20, well, actually, uh, probably longer than 20 years. He, some of his best-known movies are, uh, he directed uh, Blade, the second Blade film, I believe. He also directed one of my favorite movies, Pan's Labyrinth, which is the first Guillermo del Toro movie that I've seen, and actually the only one I've seen. And I'm a big fan of that film, and I'll review it for another episode of this podcast that uh, came out, I think, 2004 or five. I have to look. I didn't look that one up, but 
fantastic movie, very inventive. If you know Guillermo del Toro's work, he's very visually inventive, uh, a lot of uh, kind of darker themes. He, he kind of reminds me of a, of a modern day uh, Tim Burton in the sense that uh, he deals in kind of darker themes, supernatural themes, kind of a, a skewed vision of, 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 of film. So this movie, Nightmare Alley, is Guillermo del Toro's follow-up to his Oscar-winning Shape of Water, which I have not seen. That's a movie that I intended to see. I just never got around to doing it. So that's another one I'm going to have to watch and review for the podcast because I know it did win Best Picture, and uh, he won Best Director for that film. And in reading reviews of the movie after the fact and in the intervening years, that seemed to have a pretty polarizing response. It was kind of people either loved it or hated it. Um, it just kind of, there was no in between with The Shape of Water, so I'll definitely revisit that. But this film, Nightmare Alley, is his first film since that Oscar-winning film and stars Bradley Cooper, actually has a very uh, outstanding cast. So let me get to the cast first on this. Uh, the uh, cast is led by Bradley Cooper, actually, who uh, came in after Leonardo DiCaprio dropped out. He was initially going to be cast in the film and, and act in it, but he uh, ended up dropping out, and Bradley Cooper stepped in. You've got Kate Blanchett, Tony Collette, Willem Dafoe, Richard Jenkins, Rooney Mara, Ron Perlman, Mary Steenburgen, one of my favorite actors, David Strathairn's in it. Uh, and uh, that's just a part of the great cast that's in this film. So Nightmare Alley is a, and I've heard Guillermo del Toro in a couple of interviews, I actually listened to him on an interview this week in preparing for this podcast. It's a film noir. So I am a big fan of film noir. So if you're familiar with that genre, of course, you know, there's some tropes that are very common in film noir. Uh, these movies are usually people that end up doing bad things and uh and every character pretty much in a film noir is not very redeemable uh that's one of the greatest uh attributes of a film noir so if you if you know some of the classic ones uh i always go to double indemnity which is one of my favorite ones with uh, barbara stanwyck and fred mcmurray uh but there's a ton of them touch of evil the uh, orson welles film i consider a film noir uh so that's a that's a very you know popular subgenre of films uh, that was popular, I think, in the probably the 50s for the most part. So Guillermo del Toro was a big fan of a uh, film noir, and he, and this is what Nightmare Alley is, and I'll get to more on that when I get into the review proper of the movie. Uh, but the, but the, 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 um, the movie is based on his screenplay that he co-wrote with Kim Morgan is actually uh, based on a book. It was this book was made into a 1947 film with Tyrone Power. But uh, Del Toro um, confirmed that he really uh, based his screenplay on the 1946 novel um, of the same name, Nightmare Alley. Uh, William Lindsay Gresham was the author of that novel. So he based his screenplay for this film on that novel. And uh, and it was funny because in the in the interview, Guillermo Del Toro talks about the length because his film is two hours and 30 minutes. And I'll get into the length in a minute because I want to talk about reviews. I'll bring up the length in relation to how I enjoyed the film and uh, how that works, whether the length works for or against it. And I'll get into that in a moment with the review as well. But it was interesting to hear Guillermo de Toro talk about that because one of the things he was concerned about was he knows that he's he's been on the record of saying that any movie, which I find funny, he goes, any movie that's above two hours, you should be able to tell a story within two hours. If you're If it's going longer than that, then it's probably not good for the movie if it's over two hours. So, of course, he he said, as but, but saying that the book, I believe, I haven't read this book that the movie is based on, but apparently the book is very dense 
and it's he called it a saga. So there's a lot going on. And he said if he were to put the screenplay on the whole book, it would have been hours longer. And actually, his first cut of Nightmare Alley was three hours. So he knew he had to cut that down. And he cut it down a half hour to two hours and 30 minutes. And that's he he felt as passionate as he is about keeping movies at two hours. He he understood that if he cut any more than that, then it would really cut into the characterizations of the of the characters in the movie and it would really hurt the movie. So he cut it down as much as he felt he could down to two thirty. Uh, so that's really how that goes. So that being said, the the plot of uh, Nightmare Alley is pretty straightforward. So. Bradley Cooper is a carny um, named, let me pull up his character's name, Stanton Carlisle. So at the beginning of Nightmare Alley, there is a scene where you see Stanton sitting in a room in kind of a very bare, poorly constructed house. It looks like just a bad a house that someone with not a lot of income, a lot of means lives in. There's an old man in the bed. And um, there ends up being a fire in this house. So he's sitting next to the old man. It's apparent that the old man dies and he's dragging the old man's body, burying it, and then burning the house down. So we're introduced to his character as someone with obviously a questionable past. And as the movie progresses, you start to find out who that person is, his relationship to that person, and how it kind of informs the rest of his characterization throughout the film. So the movie opens with that, and then he ends up joining a carnival. And at the carnival, he meets uh, he meets Zena, the seer, who does uh, kind of a parlor trick with with uh, with um, psychic powers. She does palm readings, things like that. So he ends up staying with her and her husband, Pete, played by David Strathern, and. Uh, he starts to learn Stanfield starts Stan, excuse me, Stanton starts to learn the craft of it's almost like a confidence game. So basically what it is, is she does her tricks where she can predict people's wants and questions. And there's of course, other people helping in the stage show of that at the carnival to basically con people into thinking that they can see, know what's going on, kind of know their future. And Stanton of course, seems to have a natural ability. He's a good looking guy. He's charming. He knows how to speak. He knows how to kind of, like I said, as a comp, the, as the best confidence men do, they gain your confidence to make you think that they're offering you something uh, from beyond, some kind of um, powers, mentalism, if you want to call it. And um, as the movie progresses and he's learning more and more, Pete admonishes Stanton to not get in too much into the kind of the darker elements of mentalism because it just only leads to bad things. And, and Pete has written this extensive book of, of how to do this con basically. So basically keywords to use language to use in this movie. I, one of my favorite things about nightmare alley is it really shows you kind of the importance of language and how these people perform these, these, these tricks. Cause it's almost basically a, a form of magic in the sense that, you know, magic is always, this is what's going on in this hand, but I want you to watch over here, but I'm really doing all the tricks over here that you can't see. So that's how they kind of that misdirection. And then in this case, it, you know, different than magic, it's really verbal cues, things that that are can lead you to make conclusions about people that for the most part, based on history is pretty much correct. So he's got a whole manual that Stanton wants to obtain and um, and 
and learn, even though Pete's telling him don't do that. So Stanford ends up getting this book by pretty nefarious means. I won't, I'll leave it at that. And also he meets a, uh, another person that works at the, at the, at the carnival as well. And uh, she's played by Rooney Mara. Her name is Molly. So Molly does a trick where she appears to be getting electrocuted that she can be, that she can have all these currents go through her. That's her kind of her, her carny trick. So, you know, Stanton meets Molly and kind of uh, falls in love with her. And once Stanton learns the tricks of the trade from Pete and from Xena, he ends up leaving the carnival to do his own mentalism show with her uh, acting as his assistant. So then the movie flash forwards uh, two years later and uh, Stanton has become very successful at this, at this, uh, at this mentalism show. So he performs it for, for, for all kinds of people. They're making all kinds of money. Uh, Molly and, and Stanton are married and uh, they're very successful. So as, as the success continues, Stanton then meets another woman who is a psychiatrist who has a client that wants to use Stanton's services. So the doctor's paid by the great actress, Kate Blanchett, uh, who's fantastic in this movie. So she's Dr. Uh, Lilith Ritter. So there's an attraction between Dr. Ritter and Stanton, and uh, she wants him to see his her client to help him out. And in doing so, it gets into the darker elements and kind of the film noir uh, things that you see in those classic kind of film noir movies. Now, I know uh, Del Toro actually shot a black and white version of this, which uh, I think has been released limited in theaters. Uh, I'm sure this movie will look beautiful in black and white. I mean, one of the one of the things in any Guillermo del Toro movie is it visually it looks beautiful. Uh, so you uh, you you definitely are. The production design is fantastic. The costumes are fantastic. Uh, so the, visually, the movie is very striking. So in in the client that he sees um, is uh, played by Richard Jenkins, another great character actor, is Ezra Gwin Grindle. So he wants to. Uh, he's lost his. Uh, he was married, and he had a young girlfriend that he wants to talk to and see again. And um, and he wants he wants basically Stanton to bring her back. So obviously Stanton can't do that, but he comes up with an elaborate scheme to get him in that direction. Of course, using Molly as a stand-in uh, for his girlfriend. But then as the movie progresses, you just find out some darker things about the character. And uh, what you find out about Stanton himself is that he he'll do anything for money. This becomes, you know, his 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 downfall is his greed and his ego uh, to 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 get more powerful, to get more money and to be you know happy in that sense. And and of course, that causes a strain between him and Molly as well. And also there is another client that uh, he runs into and. Uh, his wife, the client's wife, is played by Mary Steenburgen, who's great as well. Um, so she is um, Mrs. Kimball, and he does a reading for her uh, regarding their son uh, who has uh, who has committed suicide. So uh, she, you know, she talks to Stanton. Stanton says how her her son, you know, loves her and always has loved her, and and you know they'll see them in the other side, and that reading ends into some consequences down the road in the film as well. And the second half of Nightmare Alley is, well, the whole movie's great. So let me start there. 
the the introduction of the characters um and i haven't even mentioned willem dafoe who's the head of the uh of the carnival he's great uh like i said this there's a cast of just great actors the acting is uniformly fantastic through the movie and uh like i said the first half of the movie is the setup him going to the carnival him learning the tricks of the trade and then it leads into the second half of the movie after he leaves the carnival with molly and goes on his journey as a successful mentalist and uh like I said, it's it is definitely a film noir. Uh, as I stated at the beginning, as I explained, the 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 tropes are there. So you have pretty much every character is questionable. Uh, e- even Molly, who you would think is 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 you know kind of more pure than the rest of the characters. And obviously, she kind of goes into she goes into the con with him willingly because she loves him. Uh, but Stanton is the one really the darkest character. And then of course, Kate Blanchett, which I'm not giving anything away. If you've read any reviews, I mean, she's the femme fatale. So of course, another, another trope that, that, that distinguishes film noir is the femme fatale. So of course that's the female character in these movies. Like I said, with Barbara Stanwyck in double indemnity and Kate Blanchett in nightmare alley is they, they tease and tempt the lead character and usually lead him down a road uh, to ruin. So that's usually how that works. So uh, you take that as it may, but Kate Blanchett, is, as always, is fantastic, and she's great in this role uh, as 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 Doctor Doctor Hiller. So uh, again, it's a fantastic film all the way around. the The length. So let me get back to the length. The length is two and a half hours. And as I, if you've listened to this podcast on any regular occasion, you know that uh, for me, and the trend of movies has been, you know, they get they seem to get longer and longer. Uh, regardless of genre whether it's a uh, comic book movie a drama uh, anything like that they seem to to get longer so in this case it didn't feel long at all actually it the movie flew by the two hours and 30 minutes really flew by because like i said visually the 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 picture is beautiful looking the production design the direction the cinematography all of it is is just top-notch as you would like i said as you would expect from a guillermo del toro film so it's visually interesting visually striking and the like i said the acting is strong throughout the film i mean i liked it more than i thought i was going to like it i i didn't know what i was going to expect going into it not knowing too much about the film before i went into it but i thoroughly enjoyed it it is thoroughly entertaining and like i said if you are a fan of film noir even if you're not it's just a well-done film and the fact that it was nominated for Best Picture, I think it's well-deserved. It is one of the best movies I've seen this year, uh, or I guess for last year. But it's 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 a very entertaining film. And the like I said, as it it's, as it goes to its conclusion and, and it barrels towards the end of the film, you just start to see the consequences of everything that he's done. And, and it's just when everything kind of just comes to a head, it's really fantastic. So it's it's a film noir. It's a thriller. You want to know how it's going to end, um, and then the the last scene of the movie is uh, is really good, and I'm not going to say anything about it, but it's just it's a almost a full circle moment, and I think it's a it's a fitting end for that character, uh, for Bradley Cooper's character, and again, Bradley Cooper's really good. Uh, I'm a fan of his work; he's good here. Uh, it's a it's a role that he you could see that he sunk his teeth into. He 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 portrays the darkness of the character, the charm of the character the the everything about it that that character needs to make this movie work 
And again, I was a big fan of this movie. I really enjoyed it. Like I said, I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. Uh, I was really a big fan of it. I definitely would highly recommend it. And I definitely would rock, watch it again. Uh, so again, that is Nightmare Alley, directed by Guillermo del Toro. Uh, like I said, with a great cast, Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, Tony Collette, Willem Dafoe, Richard Jenkins, Rooney Mara, Ron Perlman, Mary Steenburgen, and David Strathern, and more, all of who are fantastic. So I highly recommend this film. Uh, I am going to give Nightmare Alley, directed by Guillermo del Toro, four and a half Van Goghs out of five. So on my scale, uh, that means it's a fantastic film. That means it's a film that I will see again. And it is a film that I highly recommend that you seek out. I know as of today, it's playing in theaters and it is streaming now on HBO Max. Uh, so if you have it, if you are unable to go to the theaters, I would highly recommend it if you have HBO Max to check it out. Uh, I'm sure this movie will look beautiful on a big screen. And like I said, it's 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 visually striking. Uh, that's one of the best parts of this movie that in it's it's fantastic. And the one thing I want to say uh, as a side note, uh, and I've said this on many previous reviews uh, of movies, just overall in general, if the comic book movies, a lot of people criticize and. I'm a huge fan of the comic book movies. You can go back to my Spider-Man No Way Home review a couple of episodes back. That's one of the best films I've seen. It's fantastic. But I do understand the concern of some cinephiles and some movie fans that uh, are concerned about the dearth of, of dramas, specifically R-rated adult dramas that just tell original stories that are not either a sequel or IP or a comic book film or a tentpole film. And uh, movies like Nightmare Alley uh, are important in the sense that you should support them if it's something that you're interested in having be around. Uh, because I definitely don't want a landscape of theater going where it's just comic book movies. Not that I don't love comic book movies, but I want the opportunity to see all types of films in a theater. Uh, like I said, and I and and this is not even a shot at streaming because, uh, as I've said previously on this podcast, if you listen to me regularly, uh, I'm a father with uh, with two small children. Uh, that takes up pretty much the majority of my time. Uh, hence, I record this podcast when I can, usually late at night when the kids are sleeping. So I am not against streaming or bashing streaming because actually streaming has been helpful for me and specifically for this for two reasons. One, for this podcast, because I'm able to review a film like Nightmare Alley because I can watch it at home and provide the review and the movie's playing in theater. So for me personally, it's helpful for this podcast. But secondly, as a movie fan, I don't even get to go to the theaters as much as I want to. So even if I wasn't doing this podcast, I still always love going to the movies and I definitely don't get to go to the theater as much as I'd like to. And the fact that I'm able to see big budget films by great directors at home, whether it's something like, uh, and I'll probably review it in the next couple of episodes, another Oscar nominee, the power of the dog directed by Jane Campion, which is on Netflix or the lost daughter directed by Maggie Gyllenhaal or uh, Coda, or any other of the Oscar-nominated films I've already seen, uh, Don't Look Up. I haven't decided I'm going to review it for the podcast, but I have seen that movie as well. Also nominated for Best Picture, also on Netflix. So the, the, the streaming model has helped me as a podcaster and as a movie fan. And it's very been very helpful for me uh, as someone with a limited schedule to get out of the house to go see these films. So I am grateful that I have the opportunity to watch these movies. I always kind of compare it to, uh, you know, I was a, I'm an 80s kid. So that was the the boom of of home video. So 
me being a teenager in the eighties, it's again, I'm, I'm a, uh, a beneficiary of fortuitous timing. So you, you think of the seventies, the decade before, uh, I was a teenager and there was no way to see classic films unless you caught them on television. That was the only way you could watch them and they were edited or pan and scanned. So I was born at the right time for being, becoming a movie buff in the sense that in the eighties, when I really started to develop my love for film, it was at the time that home video was booming and a lot of films I was able to see that, that developed my love for Orson Welles and Citizen Kane and the Magnificent Ambersons and a lot of his films, Touch of Evil, um, The Trial. Like I became a, a movie buff because I had the ability through home video to see classic films. And uh, I am forever grateful for that and forever uh, fortuitous that I was born at the right time. And it's funny because I'm... I, that really is hammered home for me now because I'm a kid that's that's known cassettes and vinyl, but can embrace the technology that I get to see both eras of that is fantastic. And now, like I said, to my point about streaming, streaming is I'm very fortuitous where I'm able to see films that I would normally not be able to get out and see, not because I don't want to see them, but because either they're not playing because they're, they're smaller, limited, lower budget films that may not be available, or uh, I just don't have time even if they are available. So I'm very grateful for that. But that all being said, the best movie going experience for me is always going to be the theater. And every chance I get to see a movie in the theater, I try to do it. Uh, and like I said, hopefully this year, as my kids get a little older, I'll, I'll, I'll be more, I'll have more time to go to more movies. Cause I do, that's a goal that I want. And as we, get through tail end. So you can check it out on any one of those podcasting apps. And uh, uh, you can also, any episode you want from the show's website, I really encourage you to go there. Uh, the website is letmebendyourear.com. And also uh, see the show on YouTube. On Facebook, the Facebook channel is Let Me Bend Your Ear. The YouTube channel is Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. And you can also... Watch the show on the show's Twitter page at get notifications every time the show goes live. And uh, you can watch it live if you want, or you can watch it later uh, at your computer. meetings on the YouTube channel, uh, on Twitter or .com. Again, that's bendyourpodcast at gmail.com. So again, uh, this review is Nightmare Alley, a great film. I highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, great movie, great performances. Uh, again, four and a half Van Gogh's out of five. 
So I will be seeing soon, uh, reviewing the film. I think I'm going to do Power of the Dog next, which is another Oscar-nominated film. Uh, that should be the next review. If not, it'll be something different. Uh, but I, that's my plan. So I'm going to watch it and review it and uh, get it up here for you to enjoy. So again, feel free to email the show. And again, if you uh, like what you hear, please recommend it to a friend if they're looking for a new movie podcast. And more specifically, if you can share my post on social media, that'll be extremely helpful. And if you can really like rate and review the show on whatever podcasting app you listen to again five-star review would be fantastic again the more ratings and reviews this show can get the higher it will be in search results and that'll be extremely helpful i use a app called good pods where i listen to my podcast on the ones that i like and uh, i got a nice email uh, the other week saying that i was uh in the in rank number 33 in in a certain genre so that was kind of cool to see that people were listening to it and I was ranked. So that was kind of a cool thing to see. So uh, I definitely appreciate those, those that are listening to the show that have been regular listeners. I want to thank you as I do in every episode. I really appreciate it. Uh, as I say in every episode, I love talking movies and I would do it whether one person listened or a thousand people listened or a million people listen. I love doing the show. So the fact that you take the time to listen is, is fantastic. And I really appreciate that. And to those that are checking it out for, for the first time, I hope you like what you hear and you continue to be a listener. So again, I'm appreciative of any and all listeners, whether you listen to it all the time or you give it a shot and maybe it's not for you. I really appreciate you taking the time. There's, I know, 4 billion podcasts out there. So the fact that you took the time to listen to mine, I believe me, I don't, I don't take that for granted. And I really want you to know that it's appreciated. So again, I'm going to wrap up the show here. Thank you for listening. Uh, I hope everybody has a fantastic weekend and uh, I'll have a new episode out very soon. Take care.